Hi, this is Randy Randall of No Age and host of the podcast Hyphen It with Randy Randall. I want to welcome our newest sponsor of the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Hyphenate listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash hyphenate. Again, that's distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash H-Y-P-H-E-N-A-T-E. Go get your music streaming everywhere now. Welcome to Hyphenate. I am your host, Randy Randall, and on today's show, I got the chance to sit down with incredible, uh, how do I say it, cultural shifter. Is that the right way to say it? Um, today, I sat down with uh, Jamie Stillman from Earthquaker Devices. You may also know his bands, Party of Helicopters, Relaxer, Fringe Candidate, Teeth of Hydra, and then he was also the drummer in Harriet the Spy in the New Terror class. But Jamie is probably familiar to most of us as the um, designer, engineer, lead person at Earthquaker Devices. And it was really fun to get to sit with him and uh, talk about pedals and inspirations for pedals. You know, I have been using guitar pedals since I first started playing guitar. I kind of came up in the 90s and went to the local guitar center. And I think the first pedal I bought was a, a DoD Thrashmaster, this big pink kind of full-on overdrive fuzzy uh, pedal. But it felt like, you know, pedals were part of playing guitar in the 90s. And over the years, I've gone on to um, play many pedals. In the band No Age um, that I play in, uh, I've had insane pedal boards and have stripped it back and have done all kinds of different, you know, arrangements of pedals, you know, all over the place. <laughs> I've had them. I've had big boards, small boards. I think I was inspired, obviously, by um, similar bands that have inspired uh, Jamie. But um, you know, shoegaze, kind of loud, noisy stuff. You know, Sonic Youth things, My Blade Valentine, and it felt like pedals were the portal to create other worlds with guitar sounds and um, maximum volume coming out of big tube heads through big cabinets with uh, lots of pedals doing all kinds of coloring and smearing and pushing. So it was really fun to get to talk with Jamie about his adventure and his journey through pedal making. And um, yeah, it was great. It was great. And again, one of those nerd out kind of moments. If you are allergic to guitar nerds, this is not the episode for you because what you were about to hear is two big guitar nerds nerding out <laughs> for almost an hour. And I'm sure we could have done it for another 14 hours. Um, it was really great talking with him and, uh, he was kind enough to send me some pedals to, to check out as well after the fact. And, uh, I've been having such a great time with them. Really cool pedals that he sent and a really cool pedal company. So make sure you go over and check out earthquakerdevices.com and, uh, sink your teeth into everything they have on offer. There it's really cool stuff like from simple overdrives to really complex um modulated you know harmonic delays and swirly sounds you can really get lost with everything they have there and they're a really great company and jamie's a really great guy so here's my conversation with him 
Oh man, well thank you for making it, man. This is awesome. Uh, so where? So you have a studio set up in New York. You're saying you're in New York right now? No, no, no. We're, I'm in Akron. You're in Akron. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I thought I didn't know if we were bouncing back and forth. If there was a if there was a New York trip you had going on. No, 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 no. No, we're no, uh, I'm, I am going. I'm going to New York to see Unwound. Oh, I don't want to play in Ohio. Cool. <laughs> F, but yeah, other, otherwise, we're, no New York. That's awesome. Yeah, we're opening for them uh, Sunday in San Francisco. Oh, sick. Where at? Yeah, the uh, the uh, Regency Ballroom. Oh, cool. Which is a venue I haven't played before, but uh, but yeah, I think I, I got the the run. This will be this will come out after all these shows. This is you know this won't come out for a few more months, but uh, but yeah, they're doing a two uh, a two one hour set. So they're gonna have oh, so wow. it's gonna be basically like a really long I think of career spanning discography spanning uh, oh, live set yeah one opener and then two two sets you know with a break in the middle so that's cool that's Springsteen cool. level yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well not quite yeah, half guess, a Springsteen show <laughs> I don't know any of them but I'm a huge fan of Unwound especially in the '90s like you know very influential oh, yeah. to me um, but yeah you know, I've talked to Justin recently. A couple times via email looking for pedals so. i'm sure he's a fan i was just gonna say yeah, yeah. i'm sure that won't be a hard connection to make <laughs> yeah they sent him some that's stuff. amazing so I'm excited to see you uh, oh super cool if i wonder if it's on it. If it, yeah if it's on the pedal board i'll let you know i'll take a picture of it after yeah, soundcheck yeah. and let Please you know do. you know what's rocking there who did i just play oh i just played with a spiral uh, um from pavement Oh, and cool. uh, did some opened up some solo shows and, and joined them on stage. And, and there was a pedal manufacturer in the UK that saw you know when I announced the show, he's like, "Okay, look at his pedal board. Tell me if he's, if he's does he have my <laughs> it's, it's spies? It's, 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 yeah, is it on there? Is it on there? Tell me what, tell me what he's got. So this will be our first interloper uh, pedal awesome. pedal gazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds like you got a job. You're like Except, a pedal PI. There we go. Right? Yeah, private investigator. <laughs> PPPI pedal board pedal board investigation. Yeah, PPPI. Yeah. So you can add it Perfect. to your resume. Man, <laughs> I need, yeah, I'll put that on LinkedIn. See who else I can, who else I can drum up. Oh my God. Well, I love, I mean, I follow so many different gear things on Facebook. Like my Facebook is not the, the all the high school um, pyramid schemes, mm-hmm. you know, most people's Facebooks I suppose, or what it's meant yeah, for, yeah. right? But it's mm-hmm. the, uh, that's mostly gear things. And I love the grainy picture. So like what's over James Hetfield's shoulder in a still <laughs> yeah. from this video from 1986? Like pretty sure that's the graphic EQ with the, with the C plus, plus, plus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> I love the the forensic uh, gear stuff. Yeah, I'm sure you probably I, uh, go down those rabbit holes yourself. Yeah, I like to pretend like I don't. I realize, like, I make fun of all that stuff all the time. Like people who get super nerdy about everything, and yeah. then I like, I think that sometimes, like, I don't know if I'm like disassociating from my actual life, <laughs> but like, I forget. Nerds. Like, oh, oh, you're such a fucking nerd that you. <laughs> started making pedals and selling them like i am obsessed i am actually obsessed of course with gear. of course uh and yeah. more than i even realize like i just it's second i wake up in the morning and like every 15 minutes refresh reverb <laughs> looking for modular synth stuff like that's oh, I, God. the pedal yeah, that's the, the pedal stuff took a back seat like at the start of the pandemic no. and now like i'm like oh yeah i need my 500th low pass gate i really do oh my um, god then i'll start yes, making the- music 
<laughs> the modular synth world is is a uh, reminds me of like the nothing from uh, from the never ending story. It's like it takes one more person down every day. Every mm-hmm. day another 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 uh, guitarist goes down yeah. the modular hole and there's and you never see him again. I mean, every once no. in a while they come out with the you'll 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 recognize them by the bleeps and bloops over there. You know, that I'm sure. And when I'm speaking for myself, I'm sure I'm only days away or months away myself from becoming yeah. you know going down the black hole and becoming a monk. I, I have thought I would avoid it forever for what for whatever reason. We have so many people like past and present at Earthquaker who are deep into it. And everybody would always be like, Oh, you gotta get into this. You're gonna love it. Like you would love this. You gotta do it. And I would be like, That looks like work to me. That looks like what I do <laughs> for a job. Like patching shit yeah. together to make sounds. So in my mind, I was like, I don't I don't know. Like I don't wanna like breadboard all day and then go home and like breadboard in real life for music. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't nothing it didn't sound appealing and then we put out a module uh the the afterneath pedal as a Eurorack module and at that point I was like you know and that was really like pushed by other people at Earthquaker at that point I was like well I should know how to use modular synth if we're gonna release something like what if someone asked me questions so I bought like a handful yeah. of modules and was like oh my god I love it I love this so much <laughs> and now like I've, I have like a wall it's been like three wow. three four years it was a little bit before the pandemic but that really like sparked it and it's more like with everything it's more about almost more about collecting you're <laughs> mm, mm, right right yeah. than it is actually making music because there's so many cool things and like I'll probably never get to or like oh. really fully learn everything that I have and I hate menu divey things like I really like stuff yeah. that's just like this is everything it does it's right here and that's it and there's so much in the world of modular synth that's menu divey and they present it to you like oh it's just really easy you just gotta hold down these like no fuck off that's not easy no. at all it's not intuitive <laughs> but I want it so thanks and give it to me I will take it yeah, all I'll spend oh, my weekends for the rest of my life watching YouTube demos of <laughs> people working sequencers it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing you know it's definitely it's beyond my pay grade at at the current moment but i i I, I respect it you know it's still it's it's like it's like midi it's in the realm of wizards exactly i uh, I feel like an idiot too with that like people have been asking me for years like when's earthquake gonna do midi controlled things and like for like two years i just made fun of people straight to their face until i was like oh wait you're serious people really use midi okay uh i don't and I don't know why anybody else does. And now I'm starting to like be like, oh, okay, I got it. I, I get why people like this. But yeah. I bought like a Boss SY200, 2000, whatever it is, the guitar synthesizer, and it has MIDI capabilities. And I was like, this is it. I'm learning MIDI. Because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of really cool sounds in that thing. And I bought this like fancy MIDI controller, and I spent like eight hours on a Saturday it was like, yeah, okay, I got it. I'm, I'm learning how to program this. It's so simple. It's like just like a little window, and you just assign stuff, and everything is cool. And then like I unplug it, and I plug everything into the pedal board, and nothing works out. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll do it again. I, after like eight hours of doing it, I could, I got it to turn on and off. I didn't get it to wow. like change programs or parameters at all. And I was like, okay, I'm an idiot. I'm putting all this stuff back in a box, and I'm going to forget that I bought it. 
<laughs> that's and, exactly and what that, happened. That, that was, was one end. year ago. That was one year okay, ago. That's, that's the end of MIDI, man. <laughs> yeah. But I have yeah, I use I lo- a bunch of MIDI <laughs> stuff with the synths. Okay. Yeah. No, I love I love the people. Like it's so easy. Just do this and then this and then five minutes later, like yeah, I, you lost me after the second. Do this. Yeah, and, it's like but, boring. You're not uh, making music. You're just programming yeah. shit, and it's like I don't know. I definitely However, have a uh, yeah yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no. No, oh, no, no! I was just gonna say I'm just, I, I, I say all this, and then with full with full disclosure that I, I, I'm ready to eat my words at any minute here. By the end of this mm-hmm. conversation, you know, I could be a, the full MIDI fanatic. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not, I have no, I have no rock to die on here. I have no real <laughs> proof or reason to be such a hater. It's just the uh-huh. fear of the fear of things I don't know, and the or more the the contrarian of people's enthusiasm. When you see people, <laughs> when you see people so excited about something, I'm just more, <laughs> it's more just fuck you. I, You're way I too am. happy and excited about this. <laughs> Yeah, I am super, super guilty of that. And I am really trying to, like, stop doing that. And I think I've actually done a good job. But, like, me in my 20s was like, oh, you have wheels on your amp? Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> just, just wheels on your amp. Oh, you're using a combo amp? Yeah. Eat shit. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm, I've done, I've, I'm guilty of all these sins. But my favorite one, though, now is, like, you know, in the in the era of, of memes and, you know, and sort of the social media-ness of it, like, just the, the specificity that you can get on some of these, you know, on some of these memes and stuff or like mm-hmm. you know i thought it was it was you know that there was the the passing the the cable behind the uh the strap you know what i mean that was really i was like oh okay at 22 <laughs> once i realized you put the cable behind the strap I nobody could tell me shit I you know no one could tell me people. anything yeah i feel yeah, of like, course, like of course recently like totally pro yeah. bands where i'm like your cable is just dangling from your strap <sighs> Yeah, that is wild. It's a you. cardinal sin. Yeah. That and then the Grolsch the Grolsch rubber um, little oh like the beer openers. Jesus. Yeah, that was yeah. the other one. Those two things in my twenties, and I felt like, hey, I'm a pro. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm a, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's where's my where's my five bucks? I'm a professional uh-huh. musician. Yeah, just I just played a gig. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I always like I, one of you newbies. I, I always thought that that shit was kind of funny just i mean i was super judgmental like that but my bands in the 90s would like show up to people's houses and i've got like a marshall like a you know two 412 cabinets and a marshall 810 cabinet and three sun heads and i'm playing in someone's Perfect. living room and i have a pedal board and people are like use <laughs> pedals and they're on a board oh. it's like two pro you know and yeah, yeah. i'm playing in like yeah, someone's 14 yeah. year old's living room for like 30 people it's like mm, yeah, well I didn't realize it, but I'm way into gear, <laughs> as it turns out. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's half that. I th- for me, I, I mean, it sounds like your journey was similar, too, where it's like the gear was was part of the fun of it all. It wasn't just, you know, there was the chords and the the songwriting, mm-hmm. but but that takes a lot of work and time, and you, you can't jump ahead on that one. However, you know, saving up a couple bucks, you know, from whatever shit jobs you have, and you can you can acquire these, you know, these talismans of, of yeah. sons and, and 412s and things that you know suddenly yeah. like it, your molecular biology has changed by playing <laughs> these by this equipment it is true like i i mean as long as i can remember like i've, I've paid attention to and cared about like what other people were using it's like the present the visual presentation of it is just as exciting to me in as much of a part of like why i would like a band versus right you know you know, just like liking the songs or whatever. I still, you know, that has lessened a lot, but I still get disappointed. Like if I really like a band's record and I go see them live and they're using like a bunch of little combo amps or like digital modelers and like the stage is 
empty and it's like oh uh, yeah you know the music's yeah. good but something's missing like i'm not that into it yeah yeah <laughs> like i like, yeah, I I mean, like but- to i like it to feel it and to you know see it Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, no. I always had the, this this like f- personal theory. Like, if my pant legs weren't moving, if I wasn't feeling the vibration of the amps from behind me pushing it, as much mm-hmm. as I, you know, you know, I I love I love getting stuff as high as I can to get it really in my ears. I've learned mm-hmm. my comp- my first my first step in compromising. I was like, well, I'll. I'll turn it down if I can hear it. You know what I mean? But if I can't yeah. hear it, I can't turn it down. You know? So I would, so the, the quest became to stack things higher and higher and higher. Yeah. So just to get them right next to my ear. You know what I mean? If I have, if I have a, a beta lead blaring in mm-hmm. my ear, then I can justify, well, that's why it sounds good. I'm the closest yeah. person to it. You know what I mean? I'm not going right. to yeah. turn it down. Very- but if it's a, yeah. Go ahead. If it's going at my knees, oh sorry, I will just. No, if it's going at my knees, then it's like that doesn't. I, I get. I'm killing that kid in the front row. I understand uh-huh. why his ears are bleeding, but mine aren't. So yeah, I'm, you had I'm, a very I'm, impressive I'll, like pile of amplifiers in New York when I saw you a couple months ago. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like <laughs> I'm a, a fan of the pile. stack, the pile. Yeah, <laughs> and again, all for, but mostly for the reason I need them to up, up in my ears, and then that way mm-hmm. I can just I can justify how the the volume of it. But anyway, yeah. um, so so I I want to know. So the, the name of the show is hyphen it, and the idea is we mm-hmm. talk to people who do many things, whether that is simultaneously or chronologically over the course of, of their lives and career. And I think you are a perfect example of one of these hyphenates. That you know, my oh. favorite kind of hyphenates. You yeah. know what I mean? Where you, you know, there's creative and tech and and creativity. You know, just kind of mm-hmm. oozing all over all of it and kind of binding it all together. Um, where where did this all happen? Where do you, tell me where you come from and how did this? How, where did it, where did it all start oh boy uh jeez <laughs> uh i've been a musician for as long as i can remember like there's pictures of me at like four years old three years old like playing drums on hat but there's a recording of me playing hard days night which is weird because i still don't really like the beatles but uh <laughs> yeah you know, on hat boxes, and I, I'm a drummer first, um, and that's my first instrument. I didn't start playing guitar till I was like 12, but you know, see where that got me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and was the, I, were there older brothers or, or parents? Uncles, the, who, who had uncles. the music? Uncles had the music. But, yeah, okay. like I kind of like yep. the my you know until I was seven, I think around seven. Like I grew up at my grandparents' house in. Uh, one of my uncles, my uncle Danny, was still living there. He played drums. He was in a band, and I think that that they practice in the basement. I think that's kind of what what got me, where I was like, yeah. this, "This is it." And then, like oddly too, like I have this experience. I I hear this a lot from people my age. I just happened to catch like Kiss, Phantom of the Park, or something like that, like on PBS yes. after like Sesame <laughs> Street or something. And I was like, "Oh, this is cool." And it didn't stick. I I don't like Kiss either. Like this is my judgmental still as an adult. I'm like, eh. I like everything. It's a good gateway drug. Yeah, it is for everybody. Yeah. I love I love everything about Kiss except for like their music and you know whatever their modern day politics are. That Gene Simmons uh, Firestarter cover is pretty awesome. If anybody's ever seen that, it's the one of the best comedy sketches I've ever seen. Even though it's not supposed to be, but uh, uh, yeah, like I, th- I think something, something like that. And I just, been, I was like hooked as long as I can remember. I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna be an, um, a musician. I didn't know what that meant or anything like that. Like even until I was like in my mid twenties, I don't, I think I knew what that meant 
Like, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna do this. I'm gonna be a guitar player. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I I think I was pretty serious about it even back then. Like, I was a pretty good drummer at that young age. Um, and got like real into like glam metal and stuff like that. So like, awesome. by the time I was like ten or eleven, I had a drum set with like a roll cage with like double <laughs> kick drums and all these toms and shit, timbales. No way! Yeah, oh my god! Like, whatever Ricky Rocket from Poison was using, that's what I had because I loved that band. Rain sticks and chimes. Yeah, all all oh, the shit. Yeah. And yeah. you know what's weird is like I like you know discovered punk rock at like. 13 14 and like was like fuck all that stuff and now that i'm older i'm like that stuff's awesome <laughs> like I, i've bought roto toms and chimes and cowbells and stuff like recently bc riches like oh my god just getting back into amazing to that that stuff but like uh that's amazing yeah yeah like I, 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 i'll jump in here sorry <laughs> but yeah, okay. I've, I've, what i worked i worked a lot of video stores out here in la <laughs> And um, I found uh, this amazing video that was called Visual and Special Effects Drumming. And mm. it was about how to be the most visual drummer you could be. And it was, mm. you know, right in the, <laughs> right the end of the 80s. And the whole idea was, you know, don't put your symbols. If the audience can't see your face, then, you know, if you can't, if you can't see their face, they can't see yours. It was all about how to position your symbols so they didn't get in the way of, like, your eye contact with the audience. And then, and then he's practicing. There was the, you could go, you know, spin your, you could spin your sticks in a circular motion or, you know, laterally or vertically, you know, which ways to spin your sticks and then how to yeah. do stick bounces off of the, mm-hmm. off of the flo- floor toms. Could you do I that? I learned all that. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. I learned that. I can't, I I can't do it anymore. I can twirl my yeah. drumsticks though. Do you throw them up and catch them and come down? I, I can. You can. Uh, oh. <laughs> yes. Well, I could. I could. You could, right. Yeah. 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 Just like but why, I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I could skateboard, but. Right, right. <laughs> I'm with you on there, too. Yeah. That's, a, that's amazing. Okay, so from hair metal into, or glam metal, I guess it's different than hair metal. Yeah. Right? How far you go. And yeah. Then, then I was, I, yeah. I was in like a band like in like seventh, seventh, eighth grade uh, called. It started as Wild Wild Child with Ys, Ooh, and then like uh, we changed it to Dark Side. And uh, my first show, I think, was in seventh grade, playing uh, "Look What the Cat Dragged In" by wow. Poison and uh, Guns N' Roses version of "Knocking on Heaven's Door." Of course, yes. I wore a headset microphone and sang backups the only time <laughs> in my life. Amazing. Still, like, not even in the car do I sing, but like Aww. the only time <laughs> in they... my life. Fingerless leather gloves, I had it. I had it all. Amazing. And then, like, a couple years later, I had like the brief stint of like Pearl Jam, Red Hot Chili Peppers kind of thing. And then I saw, I think, uh, Fugazi, and then that was that was it. And you know, Sonic Youth might be more of the gateway. Like that was the crossover. And then, yeah. Since then, it's just been down or up, I guess, depending <laughs> on, you know, judge, judgmentally down a rabbit hole ever since. That's, that's amazing. And what is it? What is in the water in Ohio? I feel like there is more per capita, more amazing bands and just creatively like groundbreaking people that have come out of Ohio yeah, than, than any other runoff. state. 
chemical is, runoff must, and like right, is that what it is? Old iron, snow, yeah, snow, and snow, rubber, and... rubber dust. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> bands from Ohio, and like I, I, yeah. I don't really feel like people really realize it. Like Dayton, oh my obviously, God. like you know, there's lots of a big music scene there. Cleveland's yeah. had a, a great, a great scene. Akron, even too, you know. There's Debo's from here. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 really you know yeah. And then uh, uh, Periubu. Yeah, right? Periubu. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you get it's it's just it's uh, it's the uh, I don't know. I feel like it's like the 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 birthplace of so many yeah. you know kind of place things musical styles and genres and sort of like blast forwards you know it's, it's mm-hmm. you know just sort of what would take the music you're like oh it's too early for anyone else but it begins begins in ohio and then you know 20 years later someone makes it you know popularizes it in brooklyn yeah or, i think know. that that's kind of the thing too with ohio like there's very few bands from here that like get successful and stay here or like bands that like everybody knows but they're still not successful. Like they didn't make a career out of it. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Right. Right. I think yeah. that's kind of like the curse, curse a little bit of, of Ohio. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a great music scene. And like, I grew up in Kent, Ohio, which is like a little college town, you know, made famous, mm-hmm. unfortunately for the, sure. the shootings, uh, on May 4th and the four dead in Ohio. Joe Walsh was from there. Uh, Black Flag played yes. there one time. I, I don't know what else is yeah. famous, but Rorschach's last show. Uh, but Isn't that what, a, uh, the, yeah, the, the Neil Young song was written yeah, about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we had, we had a, like, a really good, like, scene. Like, we put on house shows and had, like, a couple little pizza shops that we did shows in. I saw a lot of good bands. And, you know, I think, like, the one of the most life-changing bands for me in Kent is when I was in high school, probably ninth or 10th grade, is seeing Born Against if you're familiar with them yes uh, yeah I'm, I'm, yeah i'm good friends with sam and oh and, awesome yeah and what's, <laughs> yeah yeah and play, played with that other band i don't think i've ever met him but like I, oh. i'm a, a big fan of everything <laughs> that he does uh he should do some artwork for a for a pedal or something I, you know or I some would kind love of like, marketing like, artwork oh, we have God, some mutual yeah. friends and we've kind of yeah. like we've talked about that before like have them write something it would yes be great i don't know i love I, you know that kind of changed my life like they had a little distro table and i bought some records from there and i loved all the bands and like you know a couple months later universal order of armageddon came through and like that you know that's the first time that i was like truly blown away by like i don't know like a hardcore band something like that yeah but it's conceptual it was like conceptual yeah. sort of it wasn't you know this this kind of um yeah yeah there's yeah, there something like, more going on there under yeah the and surface. that that kind of like everything about both of those bands kind of fits in with what we were talking about earlier like they had it all dialed in they had like a certain way they all looked like all their gear was weird and vintage and big and loud and it was like oh god this is so interesting there's like shit playing through the amps in between songs and stuff. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's like you know, that's when it. I, I think it all kind of like turned for me. I started a record label. I was I was probably thirteen. I think or maybe I'm, I have thirteen or fourteen. I started a record label when I was thirteen, and that's like you know, I've just been focusing on that shit since. <laughs> Like this shit that I'm still doing uh, since since then. Isn't and it like, amazing when you re- when you look back at it? You know, decades and decades of the making. It's like I'm finally getting good at what I set out to do at like 13, 12, 13. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I've become the person I wanted to be at that moment. You know what I mean? I finally. Yeah, <laughs> it's like enough time, enough money. Enough, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's kind of strange, like. 
I joke about it all the time, but I don't really think a lot of like my mindset has, for better or worse, has really changed since I was, I'm perpetually 13 years old, and you know I'm like about to be 46, and I forget yeah. that like my body and brain like don't keep up with that kind of shit and like i'm like yeah i could start a record label again i tried to do that a couple years ago i was like with what time right right kids (laughs) this business and like i'm like yeah you just press the records i press the records and was like oh well then what like you just sit on records like well yeah that's what, I mean, that's, that's, that's essentially that's what i'm doing <laughs> so. yeah. yeah well it's unfortunate too because i think you know we you, you see things go long enough and you realize you know i think this is dawning on me that sometimes the, the 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 goal line changes on you you're you're still doing this you're still playing the same game or running the same race mm-hmm. but now the, the you know the goal is like but wait i thought we could sell records and like oh yeah no no the people don't buy records anymore like but yeah. how, how does that work? <laughs> but I yeah, see records like, come out. What do you mean? Why were they making them? Like, uh, it's a good question. Yeah, it's real weird. Like simultaneously, the record industry, like the vinyl record industry is doing better than it has in years. And also people aren't buying them. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> like there's like every record pressing plan is like working 24 hours a day and like buying more machines. But everyone's saying that no one's buying records. I don't I don't know what it is. Yeah, anymore. well, but I, think, like, I think some of it, yeah, yeah. At some point, it comes to content as well. Like, I just realized, like, oh, it's me. It's my. I'm the problem. I see. I see. It's not yeah, me. yeah. Phys- <laughs> physical content. <laughs> the oh, but yeah, but that idea. I remember being in high school and kind of in the throes of uh, of Radio Shack and you know that that mm-hmm. era of stuff. And and a, a friend came over who was a girl. We weren't dating. She was a friend, but she came to the, into the, my room. And I was going to show her some song I'd written or something I'd done. And at that point, you know, I she said my room looked like a radio shack that had thrown up yeah like I, was, like I was living in the in the back of a radio shack because i had so many yeah. you know recorders and microphones and guitars and pedals and, and again the stacking like my stacking compulsion and so things were stacked on stacked and i had a little tiny little um i remember telling my mom like i gotta get rid of all this furniture i don't have enough room for my gear in here so i got i had a tiny day bed we'd found it at a, at a garage sale you know where my feet stuck through the bars at the end but it worked because I could put stuff underneath it, and it made you know I needed yeah. less furniture and more room more, more for all the for gear, well, yeah, for all the <laughs> dumb stuff. It was, it was all things that were only half working, you know, that kind of stuff too. Where you're like, uh, if I hold it just right, and if I tape it, and I lean it off to the side, mm-hmm. it'll it'll work. So I had yeah. several yeah. projects like that, which I think led to yeah a lot of that stuff. I, I would imagine there was a lot of that in your in your story as well. Yeah, I still have stuff like that, even though like I can technically fix my stuff. Like I still there's something. About about me that enjoys the like this might work this might not work <laughs> like i hate it when other people other people's gear is like that but like with me i'm like yeah we'll see what happens if they if it doesn't work i'll just throw it on the ground that should fix it right <laughs> yeah but yeah 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 i totally i mean i started like uh collecting gear probably when i was like 14 or 15 like i was i I was really lucky like i found there's a little music store called empire guitars that was like in the middle of nowhere like streetsboro ohio which is you know now it's built up but it used to just be like one busy road with a tiny strip mall on it and in that strip mall there's a guitar store called empire guitars run by like two coked out weirdos and uh perfect yeah i don't I know smell like, the place already i know exactly yeah. what it smells like yeah I, I you know i didn't put it together back then but like i think all the stuff was stolen and the whole store was just there to like fund their weird drug habit whatever it was but they were like super cool with us 
and we'd go in there and like look at and you know vintage fenders back then were not anything like what they're they are now like they're they're pretty cheap so we would go in there and be like i got a broken sm57 a pv215 cabinet with one speaker and this box of cables and they're like <laughs> take this mustang you know what I wow. mean? So it was like, yeah, and they they would just think it was cool that these like young kids were coming in looking for like old vintage gear. So like that's kind of what, what where I got started, and I I had some really cool shit from them that I really still to this day regret <laughs> to get getting rid of. But yeah, that's when I, I I pretty much started collecting collecting gear back then. Um, yeah. I kind of lost my own train of thought on what I was. I was explaining oh, like, where I was. Oh I no! Came, just the, the the Radio Shack, yeah, the Radio Shack <laughs> yeah. and the kind of brokenness and the fixing. Oh yeah, Because yeah. I guess that that the, there's not a place like Radio Shack anymore. I mean, I guess no. there, that, again, like a, a, a time and place, right? When you could just walk into a store and buy mm-hmm. soldering irons and solder and parts and chips yeah. and things. I mean, there was something about that. You know, it's, it always felt '70s there, even when it was trying to be the '80s, it and then never really got into the '90s. I think that they were kind of like. Still hanging on in Ohio because, like, even in Earthquakers, like mid years, uh, I would still go to Radio Shack. We had like seven or eight within like a half an hour of of here, and I would drive to everyone once a week and buy up all their silver bearing solder because it was one good and two the cheapest price you could get for it anywhere. So I just like one of my days was collecting all the solder from from these Radio Shacks. <laughs> Clear them out. Yeah, they wouldn't like special order like a whole bunch of it for me. It was just I had to wait till it came in, and then they just like you know they turned into a cell phone store and then they just kind of died out. Yeah, but, but that I, was I, the I, end I, of it. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like you know the there there must have been something in in you that 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 stayed with the buildings. I feel like I was you know of the tinkering type, but there was a, ultimately I hit a wall where I was like I just can't. I don't know what I'm, everything I did. I could only get shocked and only disappointed and only <laughs> bust my knuckles open so many times to just to the point where I was just like I'm giving up. I don't know. I can't yeah, with out. me, Weird, I, yeah. I wasn't so much of a tinker like when I was touring a lot in bands. Like I, I you know I played guitar in a band that toured for like nine years and drums and multiple bands that that toured. It, but I, I just didn't really have time for any of that stuff, and it was a little like a beyond me. So I had like some local techs and stuff that I would take stuff to, and then when I stopped touring for a little while, I had all this like broken gear. And some one of the things was like a favorite pedal of mine, this old DoD two fifty overdrive. And you know, at the, the, I had the mindset of pedals back then. Like you don't fix a pedal; you throw it away and just replace it with something else because <laughs> yeah. it's all distortion. It doesn't matter. Like that's kind of how my attitude was. Like on on a lot of the stuff, uh, you know, I didn't. It wasn't like so nuanced. I guess, I, especially like I am now. But like, uh, I bought another one, and it didn't sound the same to me it wasn't like as growly and shitty sounding so i was like you know what it can't be that hard to fix this thing and i googled like the schematic for it and found a website general guitar gadgets and the schematic and for whatever reason it clicked it made sense i managed to fix it in an afternoon with parts from radio shack actually and was like oh that's cool so that like i didn't start my like true tinkering until like my late 20s um wow yeah and you know, like I'm sure I soldered stuff when I was younger or whatever, but like, <laughs> yeah, like I didn't get like super interested in it till then. And it was just like, 
something clicked where it combined like all the things I liked. Like I was, I went to school for graphic design and I always loved like that aspect in the record label of like piecing together the record covers and like stuffing the records, like just the creation process of it all. And like, I like playing guitar, I like sounds and music and obscure shit. Uh, and it just kind of checked all the boxes where it's like, Oh, you, you, you can do this. And I was completely unaware that there was like a whole industry of that, that had like existed and died and then come back and died and was like starting to be like, you know, to build again. Like I, I didn't really realize when I started doing that, that all, there was like ZVEX and death by audio and all, all, you know, full tone and all these other companies like in existence, like doing that. So it was like a surprise to me <laughs> uh, when when I started like listing, like making stuff and putting it up on eBay or whatever. Like, oh, there's a whole, there, this is an industry, I guess, of things. I but was just cool. kind of looking at it like the same way I looked at like putting out records or like. That's what I was going to say. Like I mean, there's that same sort of dis discovery of like when you find out there's the other weirdos out there. Like, mm -hmm. wait, you like the same kind of music or I'm, I'm putting out these bands? Like, oh, wait, you're putting out those bands? It's a similar kind of, like, uh, yeah synchronous mm -hmm. sort of thinking but again but uniquely your own right you're, you're yeah. doing it with kind of your own flavor yeah definitely and like i always kind of looked at it as like well this is this is a good way to like you know kind of explore all these things that i like like all into one package while i continue to just play guitar in bands and hopefully one day people will like my bands <laughs> like it freed <laughs> right. up the time yeah. to do that um and i was doing some other stuff like when earthquaker started i was tour managing um and i was uh i, I had a really good graphic design job where i just got to sit in my pajamas and get paid an extraordinary <laughs> amount of money hourly to design the most boring medical powerpoints and packaging and stuff and like that really funded all the other things that like you know i was doing um and, you know it was a great day when i finally was like i don't have to do these fucking powerpoints anymore thank god <laughs> you're done with yeah. decks your deck yeah. building days are over <laughs> yeah. that's incredible but but so there so that to go yeah so music playing and then tinkering or not tinkering necessarily but fixing and then mm -hmm. design where does so then so now this is sort of where the synthesis of here's a tech basic tech understanding and then your creative sort of pursuits like i want something was it something i want to sound like x and then how do i build to that or was it a discovery you made like if i do xyz stack these components in a certain area i'm getting a sound like that i've never heard a little of both um you know like I, I, no formal electronics training and like I, I don't have the kind of brain that like holds knowledge like I can read it and be like okay I get it and then like 20 minutes later be like wait what so it's like you know for me like doing it over and over and over again is like the best way for me to like learn it and like feel confident or comfortable because I, I wouldn't say I'm always confident but like uh that's really like I, I fixed that pedal and like for whatever reason the schematic all made sense to me like i didn't understand much if anything about electronics but it was enough that i got excited that it worked so then it was like okay well i'll build one now like instead of fixing it i'll build the clone and i built the clone and it worked and i was like oh cool can you make changes to it and there was like some mods and i made some you know changed some diodes and caps i was like oh well this is how that affects the sound what if i do this and that 
was really it. It was kind of like super exciting to me for for a couple of years just to be like, oh, well, I can build this fuzz pedal. And this is the difference between fuzz and like overdrive and distortion. And like if I change the cap here, the sound is like this. If I change the resistance here, this is what happens. And I was like, oh, well, it's exciting. You can just make all these little changes and suddenly you have a completely different thing. Uh, but I didn't like have any real knowledge of like why like why it's doing that and there's still things to this day that i have i like google it like why why is this like this <laughs> like I've, i'm fine enough to leave it alone if it's cool like this this is this is unique and interesting but i don't know why exactly it's happening um and to me that's a big part of what still makes this fun like surprises like not knowing everything like knowing enough that like I can make a product and it's not going to fail or kill somebody, but like, <laughs> you know, like that, like sometimes you can stumble on a happy accident and like it creates a cool, unique sound. Like it's still reverb or whatever, but it does this weird thing. Um, and I don't think you get there by digitally modeling stuff before you set out to design or like doing all the math right. So it's perfect. Like to me, that's just as boring as like buying a pedal that you got to like menu dive through to like set up the perfect parameters. Like none of that is immediate or fun or exciting to me. Um, and I really enjoy that like kind of surprise aspect of it. So that's like really what got me excited about this idea of, of, of making pedals is just, you could like change one thing real quick and suddenly it's a drastically different thing. And then like it's, you know, spurs me to like keep going. <laughs> so there's a novel sort of content. Yeah. You unlock something like, Oh, if it does this, I haven't heard that. Now let's keep going down that road or yeah. let's take a left turn, take a right turn, which Ex way exactly stack this with that. Yeah. And I guess like the point of all that is it's more about the sound in like the interesting thing and like the new thing than it is about the technical aspect or like feeling fulfilled being good at like product design or something like that. <laughs> um, you brave, and, brave new breaking new ground, finding new, new areas or at least yeah. uh, interesting or unique ones to your, to you. Yeah. And, and that's right, the stuff yeah. that's like still like super fun to me. It's just, it's the same thing. I think, you know, for people who aren't like designing amps or guitars or pedals or whatever, when they get like a new thing and they like plug it in and they get to like dialed in and kind of like make it part of their own like setup or whatever. Like that's, I get like the same kind of excitement about like developing things. And I work on so much more stuff than we're able to actually put out. Like I'm pretty constantly designing stuff and, um, you know, I love, like, the, it's unfortunate or fortunate. I don't know. Like, I love making fuzz pedals. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just do it for fun on my own. Like, if I get bored or, like, stuck on something, I'm just like, well, I'll just build another fuzz face on a breadboard because inevitably it's going to be different. And it's like, it's sort of like a reset for me I, or whatever. Yeah. I, I Going just back to playing a cover yeah. again you're like you learn more about the song every you know if it's your favorite yeah. song and you every yeah. time you play it you kind of understand there's a, there's a deeper complexity or like relationship exactly. to it you know and like i love i love that idea yeah the kind of the reset I'm like okay here's what here's what base here's what i know works every time mm -hmm. or here's the basic p components of it what can i learn by going back to that well and just understanding like simplicity 
Yeah, and it's like kind of ingrained in me now. Like I've been doing Earthquaker. You know, I applied the name to Earthquaker on a pedal in like 2005. So we say the company's been in existence for 2005, almost like 20 years. And it still doesn't feel like it's been that long. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I'm shocked every time. I'm like, God damn, I have been doing this for this long. <laughs> uh, but it's still like fun to me, the development process of it. Like as the business has grown, like it's infinitely more complicated and stressful. And like I'm involved, you know, every year less and less in like the actual business side of the thing. Like even though like I'm, you know, the founder or whatever, like it's become its own little life force. And I still really love just the design aspects, yeah. aspects of it. And like, I always kind of go back to the beginning. And I also notice that it's like cyclical, like almost every winter, it's gotta be something with Ohio. Cause it gets so fucking cold here and miserable. Like I always find like, I'm just for whatever reason, I just go back to like the start like every December or January and just start like making all these little fuzz circuits just for me to play around with. And like, I've got boxes and boxes of pedals that I've made that like could be Earthquaker pedals, but like, just wait for aren't. the time. Yeah. They're just like fun, <laughs> fun for just, me to develop. There's sketches. There's something. Yeah. Kind of just get yeah. your brain back in the game, kind of reset. Mm -hmm. and the, the one thing that was, it was sparking in my head as we were talking is, you know, in essence, you know, I, I would assume, you know, the context of where these pedals go is sort of in a, I imagine, do you design for a, for a band that you would play in? I mean, or do you design these basically for yourself and what you think would sound good, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, and, I'm totally selfish. Right. It makes sense. Like, how else would you know what to do? Like, you couldn't really design a pedal for someone else because you don't really know. I yeah. don't know. Or is that, has that been a challenge? Have you, have you gone well, down that road? Like, what if well, I was, what would Niall Rogers want to hear? Or what would, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or this, there's, you know, if I'm trying I think of a diametrically opposed, not good, bad, right. but just in terms of stylistic, clean, of course. you know, compressy, like plucky. That sounds yeah. like the opposite of what you're doing. But where yeah, do you go I, with that? Like, and I do do some stuff like that. Like I do. I really. I, I am a big fan of all kinds of sounds, like disgusting or ambient and like really hi-fi. Like I like all that stuff, and that's why I think we end up having like this diverse pedal line. But for years and years, I just I was making stuff, and you know, on a whole, I'm still making stuff that just I think would be cool, like. I'm not trying to like reinvent the wheel, although I would love it if everything I made was like unique in some way. And I think I drive everybody crazy where I'm like, well, it's cool, but I don't know if it's really worth this amount of money we have to charge for it because it's like not that cool. And they're like, it's cool. People like this stuff. Leave it alone. Like, just, yeah. just do it. Don't worry about that. Like, <laughs> I'm always worried that does not like keep playing that, the hits. That's that, that, that <laughs> interesting. But like, uh, um, I kind of lost my train of thought for a second oh, there. Like the, uh, I, designing yeah, I, for other people or something, yeah, or getting out of yeah. your head. Are you able to? I mean, I don't know. Just in terms I, of I am that process, now, yeah, I am now. But for for years and years, like I'm only making stuff that like I really like. Like that's like I have to be like inspired by the thing. And that was a hard thing for me to convey for a long time, like why things are done or not done, or why I want to make this thing that seems seemingly boring. Or like it's been done to death, but it's like, well, I haven't done it. And like, I want to work on this for me. And this is how I would use it. And like, hopefully other people would. And over time, like you get proven right. Like, like, oh, we made this thing and like it was successful or we made this thing and it wasn't successful. Like, 
you know, to learn what people like and don't like and can kind of like gauge that stuff. But ultimately it's like, do I like this? And do I think it's useful enough for everybody? Like, and then that becomes a product, but like not until recently, like we've been approached before about developing pedals for artists. Um, and some of them, like, I, you know, like didn't know who they were or whatever, or knew who they were and like, wasn't like a big fan of the band or something like that. And like, it was just kind of, I would just, I turned down stuff that I think some people would be like, yes, I would love to do this where I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just not that interested. Um, until we did the life pedal with, with son, um, and, you know, I was a fan of their bands. I was a fan of, like, what they did and, like, how they kind of just did a thing and stuck to it and, like, made it their own. And, like, but I wasn't, like, totally aware aware of them. And then I had, like, a conversation with Greg Anderson that was supposed to be, like, you know, 10 minutes, just introduction. We talked for, like, an hour or two and was, like, we really clicked and had all these mutual friends and, like, you know, I knew immediately that I liked him and it made me like the band even more. And I was like, oh, well, this this is a whole new aspect. Like, I'm excited by this idea of getting to work with this band that I really like and respect and they're cool people. So that's like the first time. And that kind of opened the door. I did it. I, I did. I made a pedal with uh, Wada from Boris and, um, you know, a big fan of them. And now I'm working on other pedals that I can't really talk about with other bands that like it kind of <laughs> blows my mind that I get to do um and like that that aspect of it never really crossed my mind in like you know the idea of running a pedal company that like I would not, you know let alone that like bands that I love they were like highly influential to me uh that I still look up to are using stuff that I make and in some cases like kind of like super excited to meet us or me or whatever like when they come to the shop is still like mind-blowing to me where i'm like Jesus <laughs> wait you're Christ. the rock star i'm the nerd yeah. what are you talking about like and, yeah yeah and I, and I don't say that in a like look at me i'm so cool kind of way it's just kind of like so backwards to me where like i just i can't i just can't process the stuff like you know like it's so it's so like you know having thurston moore or whatever come into the shop and like you know i know he doesn't like pedals or whatever but he was like stoked to be there like people from fugazi and stuff like that where it's like yeah. oh god how does he like, not like pedals i've seen him use pedals that doesn't make sense that's a yeah. new thing i <laughs> yeah. heard oh gotcha, gotcha. Uh, i see i see but yes, you know yeah. just like getting to meet all these people that like yeah. uh, like they they are the reason why i am the way that i am you know like both yeah. in musically and just in life like influence just like my outlook on viewpoints and stuff like that on things it's so cool to like get to meet these people or like play a part in them making music and like then when i get to like go like i've just shifted perspectives i guess is what i'm trying to say like i used to like shun this kind of stuff but like then starting to realize like what it means like i get to work with these people directly and like help develop some like a product that they are looking for is is super flattering and like a cool challenge uh, and, and more fun than I thought that it would be like, even if it's like, you know, somebody has like a big muff that is broken in a very certain way. It might not be that exciting to everybody, but like to be able to like recreate that for them. So it's like identical, but like fully functional and built like modern and reliable, like is like a cool challenge to me. It's like, it's fun. Like figuring out why does this sound the way it sounds and how do I recreate it? Like, mm. You know, like, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. There's something. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, I, I, like, I was just kind of like trailing off at the end, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, that's a weird way of like, you know, I don't view myself as being like of service necessarily, but like, it's a weird way of being like of service to people. Um, like with what I like limited skill sets that I have. <laughs> It makes total sense, too. And I think there's a lot of stuff, you know, getting back to when we were saying, you know, when you're starting out, these pedals almost are those kind of talismans or those the, mm-hmm. the magic keys, you know, or like, oh, I've unlocked this power, you know, on video game sort of level or something. I've just leveled up. I got yeah, the yeah. real thing here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Versus the, the knockoff or the this or the that. And there's, you know, the kind of the discovery of you know, as you learn your craft or as you explore what your abilities or what your tastes are, especially as a, as a person starting out playing music mm-hmm. or specifically guitar. And then the, 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 a pedal sort of interaction becomes this new sort of like ways of testing out identities almost. And, you know, like you said, you know, it's like, do I have the flashy BC rich or the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Ibanez or mm-hmm. am I the vintage guy or am I the traditional yeah. guy or am I the weird experimental guy? And you kind of use those same sort of things, you know, am I wearing Chuck Taylors or am I wearing docs? Am I wearing right. you know, these, I feel like yeah. shoes and go with the pedals so well too, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a whole sort of looking down at your feet, shoegaze <laughs> idea, but yeah. <laughs> But it says, but it's it's about the identity of the, your sound, your cre- and it's when what a funny idea, right? You you take all of these pieces of gear that are designed by other people who, who don't, don't know who you are and you don't know them mm-hmm. at all. You take all these like strange pieces of equipment and you make your sound. You become yeah. it, it helps you define your identity. So there's mm-hmm. you know you're taking those all these little things and somehow by using those to unlock your own ability to express yourself better. Right. You yeah. know, there's something really exactly. powerful about that. Yeah. And like, that's like a subconscious level thing, I think for me. And like, just in recent years, has it like, has it like, I don't know, like if that's the right way to say this, but like, have I like allowed myself to like kind of <laughs> indulge in that kind of thing where like, I used to think it was like a little too, I don't know what the word for it for it is like precious to like be tied to like gear or like want to sit down and dial in everything perfectly. And then I started to just realize I do that. I just do it really quickly. Like I could be driven nuts about like where the presence is set on my amp and then I'll walk over to it and turn it half a turn and something in me is like, that's it. That's, that's the thing that needed to happen. And nobody else knows, like nobody else can hear it. But like I started to realize, Oh, I am, this way about stuff and it's it's okay to like to like be this like tied in tied into it you know like just yeah so obsessive about about all of this stuff and that like kind of unlocked something with me where like i really like changing out like heads or string types or like you know switching up my pedal board all the time keeping my pedal board small if i can to try to do more with less stuff like just thinking about stuff in a different way and less from like a standpoint of like an engineer like a designer of stuff but more from a like player yeah it um, makes sense and, and like i think you know when you're talking about like the presence knob that just reminded me so much of you know having having the the good the good luck and the you know one whatever lottery out there of being able to to 
to travel and play music in different rooms. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I realize I count I count myself, and I'm sure you know you're in the same sort of boat. You know, of the of the mm-hmm. top ten percent people that can actually play in more than one room or, or have in their life yeah. played yeah. in different rooms, and that's sort of where you go. Well, this is where those knobs are interesting because with, with where it's it's I always set it on three in this room, and now here I am in this big open space where it's just ping ponging everywhere, and it's way too bright. And you mm-hmm. go, my head's broken. It doesn't sound right. And you realize you, we're well, playing on a on a cement floor in a giant warehouse where you used to play in a carpeted basement in your rehearsal right. space and you needed to brighten that thing up because it was it sounded like mud. Now mm-hmm. here you are in a big bright room and you got to mud it up and you got to, you know, learning those those things. I've, I think the, my first five years of, of traveling with gear, I just thought there was broken every night. This, this, yeah. this piece of shit, you know, vintage Model T amp that I had just was a piece of shit. It never works right. And, there, mm-hmm. and it was like, well, no, well, then I will turn the knob, find the sweet spot, find it, find it. And then, but I was able to, you know, most of the times I would just turn it louder and go, Oh, there it is. That yeah, sounds exactly. better. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I think I was, I was doing forever. It's just like, just make it just louder. Turn it louder. Yeah, just it'll louder. sound better if it's louder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it sounds like shit, quiet, just turn it loud. But I think those, <laughs> you know, there's there's the interesting sort of, you know, you have you have the insights yourself of of being able to do that, and so you know what what the range, you know, when you you know, it, it, I think it's mm-hmm. an overlooked idea, but like in a throw of what is tone, you know, what yeah. I mean, for somebody who's 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 taken this thing and, and worked with it for so long and ran with it, you know, mm-hmm. that you can kind of you can kind of you know you know applicably you can say the tone throw needs to go from here to here because those are what works for a guitar player anything higher anything lower is just absurd and it just doesn't need to be there yeah yeah yeah. in your own personal experience you know yeah it is true like i just i uh i try not to be too precious but yeah i am i am of course i like to like precious and quick that's that's how oh I think, think think that I think that I ended yeah. up. <laughs> oh man! Well, I know we could we could do this forever. We're getting close to an almost an hour here. I don't know how the time oh, has flown by. I really enjoy yeah. this so much. This has been great to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, me too. Um, it was fun. I feel like I'm just getting started nerding out. I know. Somehow, so. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't want to take up all of your time, but we should definitely keep this conversation going because I think you know. I'm wondering if I can show you just the the background here. So that's amp wall, and then oh, nice. you know, there's I don't know. I can can't quit can't quite get to pedal wall but i'll send you a picture of pedal wall yeah but it's been you know i feel like yeah very similar journeys um one part of of this podcast that i i uh, am enjoying doing so far in the handful of ones i've done uh is uh, a bit of theater of the mind where we're going to walk down a hallway together and go into the <laughs> gear corner so come with me if you will as we travel down this highway of of our cerebellum into this we're gonna open our door now you ready to open the door we're going to your gear corner you're gonna you're gonna pick we're gonna pick five things you need to do your job whatever those are so the gear that that you if you know desert island situation are you gonna going into your gear corner it looks like we're there but let's are you ready to go i am ready i am ready let's do it okay we're walking we're walking Mm -hmm. okay looking good all right okay here Mm -hmm. we are i'm gonna open the door Oh my God, we're, we're oh, in Jamie Stillman's gear corner. Jamie, oh, what is crash. in your gear corner? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, garbage. Uh, well, this this for now in my gear corner, a Marshall eight ten cabinet. Ooh, why? Uh, there is something about that speaker combination and like that cabinet depth depth in that I. I'm on my fourth one of these things. I've sold them. I've been playing through one since for like 25 years. I've never heard a cabinet that's like this. It's like punchy, has tons of low end. It never, it's not like too mid rangey. It never really gets muddy. It's never too bright. It like sits 
perfectly. And I think, and it's like, I had, I don't get the same experience with a 410 cabinet, but there's something about 810s in a single yeah. cabinet that is just perfect. And, and I've, you know, I'm on my fourth one and I will never get rid of it. It's about to cave in on itself, this one. Um, but yeah, that's that item number one that I need to have. Beautiful. <laughs> Love it. Um, for now, I'm going to go with my son Model T for the head. Uh, We're talking first generation, volume. second generation, red, red first, knob? The first, first, first generation. generation. Okay. Silver knob, yeah. Silver, silver knob. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little dirtier than I wish that it was, but uh, it is loud. And I am still holding on to louder is better. And there's something, and I'm sure you know, you could speak to it more than I could, but just from the player side, it's there's something about those giant magnet compressors, mm-hmm. or not compressors, uh, um, uh, transformers, transformers yeah. on, on the outs that mm-hmm. just, they're heavy as shit, and it mm-hmm. sounds heavy, and it has to be, but you have to go above a certain decibel level to really get those things to so, kick in yeah, and so, do that compression stuff. That's really where yeah. that, the sweet spot of that amp is at mm-hmm. 120 decibels. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not low, and it's not just the preamp, it's the, it's the out it's the you know the power amp and those yeah. transformers squashing yeah, you know whatever 6550s yeah the louder it's, it yeah. is the better that this this amp is yeah. and like i just I, I don't know i love the frequency response of the amp in general too it's like it's like a perfect hybrid of a fender and a marshall yeah i love it uh god what would be my next thing um some kind of jazz master Hmm. I've kind of strayed from playing them in the last year or so, but I love the tremolo on them. I gut all of mine. They're all set up like Les Pauls, basically, two humbuckers. <laughs> uh, but I love, you know, I, I love like the vint- the feel of like the vintage Fender and like the scale length, but there's something about that vibrato. It has become part of just the way that I play, like subconsciously. It's like tacked in a little bit. Um, and mm-hmm. I've recently like kind of decided to change it up, and now I'm playing like a EGC guitar and a and an SG mainly, um, just to try to like get out of the habits of doing what I've been doing. But it's kind of tie one arm behind the back and see how, how yeah, see like how can, can I play without yeah. tremolo all the time on everything. <laughs> When there's something in, in those jazz masters that there's something about when they're well made or when they're the good ones that there's like almost a, a well of sort of um rever- not reverb but a kind of like the, in that tremolo cavity it does yeah. like a, a, a harmony there's a or there's a i yeah, don't know this, a resonance like, uh, i guess behind I guess. the bridge like harmonics and resonance um yeah. and <laughs> honestly that's a thing that i try to kill a little bit like i use these strings that are made for that that they're wound at the back so they don't totally kill it they just mute it so it's not like the overtones aren't overpowering gotcha. and i really i really i really like that and you are right they're not all good i've owned like 50 <laughs> jazz masters in my life and like i'm down, i have 10 now i think something like that and like my right. yeah. my prize one is a 68 that i've like i'm you know was like kind of pristine when i got it and like wow i've really done some well, the, shit with it, the- but like i started building them like five six years ago just like making my own little bootleg fender shop in my basement and like i've built a couple that are like this is perfect and this a lot one. A, a lot that are like eh, eh, i don't know they go up on reverb and people buy them <laughs> uh but yeah even though i've kind of strayed a jazz master of some sort okay um, got it and then i would go with uh 
I need some kind of delay. Doesn't matter what it is to me, to be honest with you, but like I like yeah. a short, a short kind of echoey, reverby delay. I'll go with the Avalanche Run because we make it as an earthquaker pedal. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah. And uh, fuzz, some kind of really shitty kind of blown out fuzz pedal. My preferred is like a fuzz face that's misbiased, but misbiased in a way that is really junky and crumbly. Sputters um, out. Yeah, and I think between those two pedals, that would keep everything like super interesting to me. Although like I use things like sub octaves and uh, overdrive way more than those two like in my everyday playing, but like those things I think would make it interesting. And that's my five items on a desert island. Oh my island. God. You you are a champ for doing that, for paring it down to just that. When there's, I'm sure there's 500 other things that are actually yeah. absolutely necessary to just the functioning day to day of of any of this stuff, getting it off the board. Amazing. Well, Jamie, thank you so much. Like I say, I mean, we could do I could do this for for 16 hours, but you have other things to do, and I'm sure the snow's starting to melt there. So um, yeah. let's let's please keep in touch and uh, and keep this conversation going. You know, definitely any which way we can, because I've I've really had a great time and appreciate yeah, you making the time to come on the show of course i appreciate you having me hell yeah jamie motherfucking stillman that was so awesome jamie thanks so much for coming on the show and please everybody go to earthquakerdevices.com that is e-a-r-t-h-q-u-a-k-e-r-d-e-v-i-c-e-s.com almost lost my mind there um yeah, what a great guy, right? And it was such an interesting story and really humble for making uh, the empire of pedals that he makes and the and just runs such a great crew over there in Akron, Ohio. I really can't say thank you enough, and uh, please follow and watch Earthquaker Devices to see what new stuff they have coming up in the future. Thank you, Jamie. Talk again real soon. See you the rest of you later. Bye.